Hello, we made it to another Friday afternoon. So it's time for Finish Strong Friday. Just think about the successes you've had this week. Uh, big one being you survived Cinco de Mayo. So write that down in your journal this week. That's one of my successes. All right, well, we're going to talk about eight strategies for learning from failure today. Really, really good. I say this all the time, but this is a really, really good one. Uh, and if you look at fail, it, it, you should make that acronym first attempt in learning because many times uh, we'll get out there and we'll do stuff and it's like, oh my God, what happened? Well, we had a learning experience. So we want to talk about uh, the eight strategies for learning from failure. And again, always F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. All right, well, let's get rolling here. I'm going to back my pretty face out so you can see the screen a little bit bigger, but I'll be back. Don't, don't get upset. I'll be back. Here we go. Eight strategies for learning from failure. Let's look at the first one here. Uh, well, the bottom line is failure is success in progress. And that's just what we need to think about. And, and I, I love the quote, to turn losses into profits ask the following questions every time you face adversity. And that's what we're going to do today. And William Belithio uh, had a quote, the most important thing in life is not to capitalize on our gains. Any fool can do that. The really important thing is to profit from our losses. That requires intelligence. And it makes the difference between a man of sense and a fool. Well, there you go. And that's what we're going to talk about today is, is how to profit from our losses. Because again, failure is success in progress. All right, let's look at number one. Number one is what caused the failure? The situation, someone else, or self? So this is a totally different why. <laughs> this is finding your why as to what happened, right? Well, you can find out what you can do. You can't find out what you can do unless you do all you can to find out what went wrong. If you no longer personalize failure, and that's what we've been talking about doing, you just can't personalize it, it just happens, then it becomes easier to sort things out because A, you're not emotionally tied off in this thing and, and frustrated, and you can sit back and actually take three deeps and, and get a little bit introspective into what happened and look at where did things break down. You know, and if, if you're working your journal properly uh, and, and, and your, your, your dailies and your weeklies and your reflections, your plans, your execution, this should all just come natural and you should see these things breaking down. But, but if, if you have it and you go back and you look at it, where did things break down? But you can probably go see that in your key actions and your key productive indicators. That's probably where a lot of it was. But were you in a no-win situation to begin with? And sometimes that's it. We get uh, Einstein gets so excited. And Frankenstein, again, uh, the subconscious Frankenstein is there to help protect you. That's the whole purpose of your subconscious is to make sure that you're still breathing and alive at the end of the day. And, but maybe there's some situations where Einstein just got too daggum excited uh, and overruled everything. And, and it was actually a no-win situation. In this case, Frankenstein might have been right. Or did another person create the problem? That happens a lot. You know, we like to we like to delegate. We like to push stuff on, off on other people. And sometimes uh, we just want to scapegoat. 
Uh, we, we don't realize it, but that's sometimes what we're doing. But did another person create the problem? Well, if another person did, then maybe you were really supposed to be supervising or directing that situation a little bit closer. Uh, so did you make a mistake? Did you make a mistake yourself? Did you make a mistake uh, allowing that person to come in and assist you? Or, you know, you got to look at these things, but always begin the learning process by trying to identify the cause of a problem. Just get in there, do some investigation, and let's diagnose what that problem was. So number one, what caused it? Let's figure out the why. All right, let's look at number two. Was what happened truly a failure or did I just fall short? Uh, this uh, uh, this little picture is reminiscent of my Cub Scout leader days because that's what a lot of the targets look like. We were out there at the archery range. Uh, of course, I mean, some of them were way over, maybe in somebody else's yard, but but uh, or area. But uh, you need to determine if what happened was really a failure. All right, uh, you know what you think is your fault may have been an attempt to fulfill an unrealistic expectation, either on yourself or someone else. Now, some of you may categorically look at it and say, well, if I had an unrealistic expectation, that's still my fault. <laughs> well, yeah, it may be. You might, you're still going to be at fault. Again, you got to take 100% responsibility for your life. So, indeed, it could still be your fault. But if a goal is unrealistic and you miss it, that's really not a failure because you didn't have a chance from the get-go. Uh, and again, we want to have stretch goals. Uh, we, we, you know, we don't want some easy peasy. We don't want to hit that easy button every day. But you want to have stretch goals. But golly, you just got to look at it. And that's what a good mentor is for and a coach is to look at that with you and say, is this really a realistic goal? So, so work on your smart goals, uh, you know, and make sure that they are the ones that really, really you can, you can attain. And don't allow an unrealistic expectation to kill your dreams. Because if you're out there, and your your head is in the clouds the whole time. You're going to end up, you know, years later and say, "What in the world happened?" Well, you never had a realistic goal, and and it's it's killing your dreams because your subconscious is consistently saying, "Dude, you never make anything work. It's just you, you just give up, right?" So get something, get some successes, and make it happen for yourself. But again, make sure that uh, uh, that you understand that if uh, if it was an unrealistic expectation, you just fell short. Uh, you really didn't fail. All right, number three. This is, I love this success, and you got the little loading bar on it. We talked about this last week uh, a little bit too, but uh, it's, it's like you're, uh, you're, you're just sit here and you, you got to get your, your buffering going, right? But number three, what successes were contained in the failure? So in that blue, what successes were in there uh, on your way to success? And I love this quote, the gym cannot be polished without friction nor man perfected without trials. Uh, you've, you've got to have some friction in your life to make this thing happen. Nothing's going to be just, like I said, easy peasy. And, and you've got to have trials. And no matter what kind of failure you experience, there's always a potential jewel of success contained in it if you're willing to look for it. And that's the key. You got to dig, you know, acres of diamonds, you got to get in the mud, you got to dig it out, you got to find it and find that golden nugget. Find that thing that really, really did work. And that's something that you can go back and build upon. And I love this Warren Worsby uh, quote, a realist is an idealist who has gone through the fire and been purified. And a skeptic is an idealist who has gone through the fire and been burned. 
And there is the difference in optimism and pessimism right there. If you're realist and you've gone through the fire and you've been purified and you say, oh, I know what I did wrong. I see where, where the error of my ways. And next time I'll go through, we're going to do it. And we're going we're gonna to jig instead of z- a jag here, a zig instead of zag, and we're going to make it happen. But don't be that skeptic and don't uh, you know, don't be negative on it. Don't, don't feel like you've just been burned. Just feel like you've, you've been learned, right? And don't allow the fire of adversity to make you a skeptic. Allow it to purify you. So number three, what successes are contained in that failure? Go in and look at I mean, you should be you should be noting these in your journal every single week, in your planner every single week of what were my successes and maybe every single day, actually. All right, well, let's look at the next one here. Number four, what can I learn from what happened? And here's the key is the learning. You got to get over that crevasse of failure and success. And the only way to get across that is take the learning bridge and get there. And Lord Byron said, adversity is the first path to truth. <laughs> it really is. Because if you if you get to adversity and you back off and you just say, oh, yeah, that's too much. I, I don't know what I was thinking. And let, let the subconscious take over, right? Then, then that's going to be your truth. The truth is you really didn't want it bad enough. So did you even deserve success? If you're out there just, well, if it happens, if it doesn't happen, I don't really care. Do you really deserve success, right? Uh, you have to be committed to it. And you got to be willing to take that adversity for what it is. But most people approach adversity by thinking, uh, there must be a lesson in here somewhere, but I don't know what it is. And that's just not the way to have the attitudes. Oh, well, whatever, you know. But Because folks get so consumed by the event that they become bewildered and miss the entire learning experience. So don't just sit around in a daze and confused and got those stars going around your head. You know, no matter what, I don't know what happened, right? Well, you should know what happened. And the only way you're going to know what happened is to, is to take measurements and, and, and get in there and be sure that you, you, you got these steps and you're taking your measurements. You got your key actions. You got your key productive indicators. And you, and you and get back there and say, well, when, when did I go wrong? And, and get in there and cross that learning bridge. Because if you maintain a teachable attitude as you approach the process, and try to learn anything you can about what you could do differently, you're going to improve. Uh, don't, don't be afraid. Just look back at it and say, man, what could I have done better? And be honest with yourself. You've got to sit down and be honest with yourself. Was it me? What was I thinking? What did I do? And sit down and do that. You may want to do a Ben Franklin close. You know, just put a line right down the middle and, and look at the, you know, the two sides of the equation. What was I trying to do? And what did I do? And see what didn't happen. Because when a person has the right mindset, every obstacle introduces him to himself. And that's why we spend so much time today to be for me on mindset and thoughts, because you've got to have the proper mindset to keep going. And these obstacles are going to introduce them to you. And many times, like I said, in our planning, we want to, we want to recognize those obstacles are going to happen uh, so that the subconscious knows that they're going to happen and won't be beating you up all the time about it. Because you can say, hey, we knew we were going to hit this and, and we knew we got a plan to get around it. So go back and be sure that you can get around that next time. So learn from what happened. All right, let's roll back to number five. Talk about it every day. Gratitude. Am I grateful for the experience? You got to be 
grateful in life, thankful. You got to know that you're blessed because you have the opportunity to even try. So many people don't even have the opportunity, the gumption or the get up and get it to make, to even try anything. But one way to maintain a teachable mindset is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. And everything you pursue, won't always, you won't always attain it. We know that. But you have to learn to live with the defeats. If you can't live with them, it's not going to work for you because you're going to be down the dumps all the time. You're never going to be out there hitting it, and your persistence is going to be down. Your mindset's going to be all messed up. You'll be down the dumps. You'll be having pity parties and the whole nine yards. But before you actually become a good winner, you have to know how to lose. You've got to, I mean, you just, you know what's going to happen. Just, just, you got to know how to lose and just take it and get back up and get going again, right? Get back on that horse and ride, baby. But be thankful for the lessons that were taught because now you know what not to do. Before you didn't, you were just out going, but now you know what not to do. And as you come away from failure, recognize the blessings and cultivate a sense of gratitude for the fact that you even had the opportunity in your life. And now you can go back, find those things that you've learned, perfect them, and make it happen for yourself next time. All right, let's look at number six. How can I turn this into a success? You know, Henry Ford said, failure is the opportunity to begin again, only more intelligently. And that's exactly right. And there's that target again. We hit it this time, right? Because we still had a lot of arrows all over the place, but we got one right in the bullseye. And that's because we had the opportunity to begin again more intelligently, right? And uh, Arthur uh, William Marson said, if there's any single factor that makes for, makes for success in living, it is the ability to draw dividends from defeat. Why do this and why go through this mess if you're not going to get any dividends out of it? So go in there and let's find out everything we can that's going to be a dividend for us and going to help us to move forward. Get that equity. You worked on it. It's sweat equity. Go in there and get it and keep it and learn from it. But you must analyze defeat and actually profit from it in the next undertaking. And that's the only way that you're going to keep uh, be able to turn this thing around. But determining what went wrong has has value. But taking the analysis another step and figuring out how to use it to your benefit is a real difference maker when it comes to failing forward. You can sit there and you can figure out what went wrong. But if you don't get, take it another step and figure out how to use that, use that knowledge and make it work for yourself, uh, then you really didn't do anything for yourself. But if you're willing to try, you can offer self and salvage something of value from any disaster. And I use that word disaster because a lot of these things, they are. You get out there and you're rolling and you have put so much money, time and effort, got, got so much commitment from different levels, different people, everything else. And if it flops, it is a disaster. And let's just, be, that's just right there. It's just a disaster. But you got to go into the disaster and say, okay, you know, what happened? To do that deep analysis and, and find out uh, how you can turn this into a success. All right, let's scroll on here. We got number seven. Can you help me? You got to find out who can help me with this issue, right? Uh, you, 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 you may not have known that that was going to happen. And if you didn't even know it was going to happen, then you probably don't know how to get out of it. So consider that there are basically two kinds of learning experience, 
which is gained from your own mistakes. So you get out there and you mess up and you, okay, well, I learned that. I'm not going to do that again, right? Or wisdom, which is learned from the mistakes of others. And I'm telling you, I recommend wisdom <laughs> because it's out there. You can talk to people, but learning from the mistakes of others is highly recommended. Therefore, seeking advice from the right person is important. And I underline, I highlight it, I italicized right. <laughs> you gotta get the right person. Seek advice, but make sure it's from someone who has successfully handled his, her, her own failures. You know, if you're having marital problems, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go hang out with my buddy or my, my girlfriend that's had three divorces, right? Now, obviously, they don't know what's going on. I mean, it's trial and error for them, right? It's just another bridge. But you want to get out there and you want to find the right person. To find the right person because they've been successful in handling his or her own failures. And sometimes it doesn't have to be the exact industry. It doesn't have to be the exact process that you've got. But people that have been successful and have had major challenges and turn that around, uh, then you want to make sure that you, those are the people that you seek. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why A to B for me, we we really believe in in all the thought leaders that have been out there before us, you know, the Rones, the Hardys, the uh, Elrods, all, all these folks, uh, Maxwell, all these folks that are out there that have, that have, have interviewed people that have, have, have had successes and had failures and all these great stories. And that's why books are so important because that learning is in there, that wisdom is in there. So don't discount wisdom. Don't just sit out there and be a glutton for punishment, right? Let's 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 look at what you're going to do. Take three deeps. Look, if you wait a little bit and learn a little bit more, and you succeed, didn't you save yourself a lot of time, effort, and grief rather than just saying, you know, ready, fire, aim, right? You got to aim. So don't 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 go out there and just get experience to get it, right? If you can find a way not to have to use your experience and fail, then go out there and let's find some wisdom. So let's do a little bit more research maybe. And that's a good reason to have a coach and a mentor as well. They can help guide you there. They help you find that right person. All right, well, let's look at the final one here. Where do I go from here? Do I go this way? Do I go that way? Or do I go another way, right? Well, once you've done all the thinking and you've done all this research and everything on what happened, you got to figure out what to do next, obviously. And I love this from the book, Everyone's Coach by Don Shula and Kim Blanchard. It says, learning is defined as a change in behavior. You haven't learned a thing until you can take action and use it. And Jim Rohn, one of his, my favorite quotes from him is, don't let your learning lead to knowledge. Let your learning lead to action and it's what talk about all the time at a to b for me it's it's thoughts and then action and those action is going to change those habits going to change those behaviors going to develop that character uh, and then you're going to be able to get to your destiny you're going to be able to reach your goals because people change when they hurt enough that they have to People change when they learn enough that they want to. And people change when they receive enough that they are able to. So go out there and let's, let's look on the receiving end. Let's go out there. Let's get this wisdom and let's take action with it. We don't want to sit on it. So get out there. You don't want to be hurting. I mean, you do want to be learning, but you, it's, it's just better to receive it. Just go out there and, and get, with, get with a mentor, get with who you need to get with to, and, and make sure that, that whatever happened, uh, you've got it figured out this time, but you've got to take action. Just don't sit back and worry about it. Get out there and take action and make it happen. But maintain a teachable heart and be eager to learn 
every time you fail. Don't be discouraged. Don't be embarrassed. Just get out there and say, dude, or, or you know, what happened? You know, can you look at this for me? Because you, maybe you're too close to it. So get out there, find someone that can help you and get that teachable heart. And, and again, be eager to learn every time you fail. Guarantee it's going to change your life. All right. Well, that's it. First attempt in learning. We love failing, right? Because we're going to be so smart. <laughs> well, there's your eight strategies for learning from failure. And I hope you had a great week. Uh, uh, we talk about this every week, but you know, it's, it's just another week. And if you're on the 12-week year, that's you know, one of 12. So just keep it rolling. Uh, it's Friday for a bunch of us, which means it's the end of the week. Uh, for most of my real estate folks, you probably got maybe two days left because you just never get to take a day off, in this, especially in this environment. But get out there. You know, have, have, have a great uh, great Friday afternoon. Let's stay strong. Let's get it going. Whatever you got to get done, hang in there and make it happen for you. And have a great weekend, whether you're working or not. If if you're working and, you're, and you should be love what you're doing anyway. If you're not, maybe you need to find something different to do. But uh, if you have the, the blessing of being able to go out and spend time with your family and stuff, uh, then uh, then uh, yeah, that's that's wonderful as well. All right. Well, I'm going to hop back in here real quick for you and just say, hey, have a great one. And always keep moving in the direction of your dreams. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye.